podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to a Media Matters special for Anfield Index. Ladies and gents, it's been some day, hasn't it? It's the final day of the transfer window, and it is not finished yet. We are in the final hours, and Reds everywhere... We are waiting for the announcement, aren't we? We are waiting for the, the hope that we have that Ryan Gravenberch is announced as a Liverpool player sometime this evening. So, very, very pleased to say that here to join me is the Dutch football expert. Many of you might know him as Eredivisie Mike on Twitter, but as I will call him, Michael Statham. Michael, how are we? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I might be wrong, but I suspect, has it been a busy few days with sort of Graven Birch Dutch football interviews? Would that be fair to say? <laughs> yeah, we've been busy throughout the summer with, with transfer news and um, we, we've always followed Graven Birch over the years where he's been like a wonder kid um, coming through, always been playing with uh, uh, the youth teams at a, a younger age and he should be, if that makes sense, um, breaking through as, as a teenager with the first team. So there's lots to like about him. Um, we watch him closely um, and shame for him really over the last year at Bayern Munich, whether he can rekindle the kind of things we saw with him um, with Ajax did so well in the Champions League at the time um, and had yeah. Ten Hag as a manager. Yeah, it will be interesting. And it is something we want to talk about naturally, the the player, what you've seen with him from, from Ajax through to today, naturally a little bit of chat around what's happened at Bayern, the potential concerns that some Reds may have, and naturally as well, what Jurgen Klopp will bring out of him, or we hope will bring out of him as well, that potential. So, I mean, with his potential, it was interesting because Mel Reddy, the the well-known journalist, did a a tweet that said, along with, and there's some stellar names on this, Bellingham and Tuameni, that he was one of the the names Liverpool had down as potential game-changing signings. So, the first question I really wanted to ask is, having seen him from sort of Ajax through till now, how would you describe his playing style? Uh, Ryan Havenberg is a, an, an eight. He's a box-to-box midfielder. Um, and I think the thing that stands out the most about his play is the way that he progresses the ball with his dribbles, um, the way he's technically so good, uh, strong. Um, he, he's a good passer, technically gifted, and all those things that make up a typical Ajax DNA, you'll see in Havenberg. He's, um, like I said, he's a player that that was with the youth teams younger than he should have been. So within the 17s, when he was 14, 15, um, with wow. the reserve side when he was 16, and then in the first team at 17, 18. This player has always been ahead of a curve. He's always been wanting to challenge in himself, 
And I, I really like the way that, that he, he's played in the Netherlands. He's had a steep learning curve. I think sometimes maybe, I mean, I was guilty of just thinking, you know, cause it, how, how young he is to be critical of him sometimes. But that's because we expected him to go on and be a world-class player, um, someone that would be the future of a Dutch national team next to Frank de Jong, who is the player that he originally was meant to replace. Of course, um, having lost de Jong, Ajax turned to Havenberg as that mid- midfielder that would um, add a lot of quality, um, a lot of impact in, in, in that midfield area. And, and he did. He's a different player to de Jong, totally different um, in lots of respects, but gave Ajax that oomph in midfield uh, when they had him. He only had two full seasons with the Ajax first team. Uh, and then Havenberg left to go to Bayern Munich. He's had a disappointing 12 months there. Um, and and, and we'll, we'll probably get into a bit more, but his decision to go to Bayern Munich for me was was a really poor one. And I, I don't, we, we all said it at the time, we all saw it come in from a mile. We said, if he goes to Bayern Munich, he won't play. He will miss his chance to be with the World Cup, um, the World Cup, the Netherlands. Uh, there was only six months to go until that point. Why not stay with Ajax or a stepping stone club between Ajax and Bayern Munich, if you will, where he's going to play? Um, that that was a bit of a, a mistake for him. But that's because we all had those kind of high expectations, ambitions for him. Like he has of himself as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's painting a heck of a picture there, that potential, as you said, ahead of the curve and maybe not the best of career moves. I mean, I did want to pick up on something else that, that you said there because for Liverpool, the reports have come out that they're very much looking, and this is the phrase that's been repeated quite a bit, Michael, a multifunctional midfielder. But yeah. I know yourself said there, you know, very much an A, and those are set to, to be the, you know, the reports, the sort of consistent messages that are coming out. I don't want to sound this is a critical in a way of the player at all, but is it pretty much an A, that's his position? Or would you would you say he actually had that potential to be multifunctional? If not now, maybe in the future. No, he is able to play other positions, but I'll get into it a bit more, shall I? So he's an eight, really, and about 60-40 or 70-30% of the time he would play in that position compared to his other position, which is a six. Yeah. I think that ta- taking that and transferring that to Liverpool is going to be a big challenge for him. Um, it will need a lot of coaching, a lot of tweaking for his game because playing as a six for Ajax when you're expected to pound teams through four five nil at home, that's a different position, isn't it? And he had to play from deep a lot when he was in that position. He wasn't, let's say, the predominant number six defensive midfielder when Ajax played the Champions League games that they were doing so well in. I'm sure people remember. Mm. Um, that number eight position was where he had the most impact uh, when Ajax had those uh, more 50-50 games, um, the, the top teams in the Netherlands, the, the games in Europe. Um, and he was able to, to transition the play um, when, when, when he's able to take the ball from one end of the field, take it to another. That's what I, I really like about him. And he, he was able to do it as well when that Ajax facing the low block. That was a nice key thing of his game that he would be able to help create space, move a play on, take two or three players out of the game because he would suck them in and then, and then release the ball. Uh, the, these are the things that made him um, really strong at Ajax and and we said about Frank Young a little earlier that he was that controlling passing midfielder Havenberg is uh, a, a more of a, a transitional likes to dribble um, 
like likes to have that physique in the middle of the park. He's technically good on the ball, catches people's eyes when it, when he does have the ball sometimes with the way he plays. But yeah, he, he has the the ingredients to play different types of midfield formations and what have you. He's mainly in a four three three formation with Ajax, of course. The three midfielders, six, eight, and a ten. Um, he would never play as a ten, but yeah, eight and a six were his ones that he would flick between, depending on who was available, who was injured, depending on the opponent. So, like I said, if he had lots of the ball, he would play as a six. Well, yeah, so it depended on the situation. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and. And you kind of alluded to it there because naturally, and I'm sure you've seen this, the, the reports, there's been, as there is with any sort of superstar potential, youth talent, however you wish to describe it, when they maybe make that big step and it doesn't quite work, is that how he's almost viewed within the Dutch game? That maybe Bayern was almost just a step too early, so to speak, that the potential's yeah. still there, just a bad career move, as it were, so to speak. Yeah, but the, the shocking thing is, I think a lot of the Dutch media, not just us in football, Anya, um, we saw this coming that, that that move was totally wrong one at a time, and we're all saying he won't play there, he won't, yeah. he won't keep his place in the Netherlands squad. He'll soon fall out of it, and then when it happened, it was like, oh well, that's not a surprise, is it? Like we saw, we saw it because whilst his potential is high and he's a very good player, he's not going to just fly into the Bayern Munich first team, and he would have really done with an extra year of development before a move, a move like it. Um, and that's not to sound like terribly critical player. Like I don't know if it's agent driven, it was money driven, or if he was um, assured of a first team place. I and mean, of course they're the managerial change at Bayern Munich, but yeah, it's all, all too many ifs and maybes. But I do, I do think that going to Liverpool, it gives him the ability to play in the Europa League. I mean, that's, not quite as high pressure as a Champions League where Liverpool always going to put their best 11 out, that he'll get opportunities. He will want to be a starting player in the, in the Premier League though. Yeah. Um, and not just relying upon someone getting injured to do that. Whether he will do that or not is up to how Klopp's going to manage him. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the fee that that's talked about, um, and it, obviously it's set to be confirmed, but it depends on the reports because... Very much the UK side and Ornstein, etc., have suggested it's around 40 million euros a fixed fee. But naturally, the, the German reports have come out to say, based on potential add-ons, around 45 million euros. But, I mean, the, the thing, based on what you've told me, that potential being ahead of the curve, like, say, his dribbling physique, it may be almost too simplistic to say this, but I want to ask you, I mean, based on the current market and the outrageous fees we're seeing for midfielders even, especially nowadays. Doesn't 40 million euros for a 21-year-old with that potential, people will argue at worst it's maybe a bit of a gamble to get him back there, but doesn't that seem a gamble well worth taking at that price, surely? Yeah, I think you summarised it well there. It would certainly be that, certainly worth 40 million euros because I can think of some midfielders who's similar to in the Premier League that are worth two, maybe three times that now because of the way they play, but they're proven, they're older, and they've been there and done it. Whereas you know that Havenberg has got the potential to do that. He has his whole career. Uh, but that that 12 months at Bayern, that's kind of puts people off, isn't it? And it's put his price yeah. down a bit. So yes, you're right. It would be a gamble, I, I, I believe, well worth taking because of what we've seen from him before. Yeah, it, it does have that feel. And it is an interesting one, especially like you mentioned with Jurgen Klopp, that a 
apparently been a, a huge fan of this player naturally for for some time had him on the the fabled list as it were in this regard and from what you're saying sort of the the dribbling the physique and very much Liverpool as we've been looking for getting players in who have that legs physicality can almost in a generic term go box to box box to box sorry yeah. he does seem to tick all those boxes really doesn't he from the attributes that he has realistically yeah all those things definitely do and I think if you were going to point out weaknesses we'll all talk quite positive about it so far other than the fact that it might be a bit of a gamble with his age mm. um, but I think it's just about him doing everything he does well but even better and, and tweaking everything um, concentration for me is quite a key one can he match the level of the Premier League and, and just how switched on you have to be because he, yeah. he did it branching, uh, sorry, um, taking that from Ajax and, and and upgrading that to the Champions League. But can he take those performances and do that again? Because I think we were a little critical because of his young age. And mm. I say it again with how much potential we know he's got, that he was guilty of maybe not quite always upholding those standards um, for Ajax. And that's what he'll have to do for Liverpool. He'll need to impress even more and... Um, have a really good mentor and just training him and having that arm around the shoulder definitely needs that. He needs yeah. that confidence. He needs to move, but he needs to upgrade what he does already, up, upscaling it all. Um, because I like I like that his physicality could match the Premier League um, as well as all those nice, classy touches and whatnot that he gets from being an Ajax um, Academy product. But then doing that every week in the Premier League, if, if he gets the opportunity... Because um, he'll, he'll, yeah, like I said, he'll really want to barge his way in and, and make an impact. Yeah, I could well imagine. And it's funny you said that because I did think an arm around the shoulder is probably more likely from a Jurgen Klopp than a Thomas mm-hmm. Tuchel, it would seem mm-hmm. realistically in the management style in that sense as well. And I also just wanted to ask about something you mentioned before because you said the the Europa League. I mean, I'm thinking obviously naturally in Liverpool terms that we've reinforced that area, McAllisters, a Bosley, even Endo. It's it's a competitive area, naturally, now for Liverpool as well. So with Gravenberg having missed so much football, realistically, in the last season with Bayern, I suppose what would be a sort of realistic aim, do you feel? Because it may be difficult for him to just, you know, you're going to come in, be a starter at Liverpool straight away. Maybe that's not straightforward. What would you say was almost realistic or would be successful in this season for him? That's a great question because... it. How 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 far are we thinking? Of course, um, as to what what these goals might be. I think football's quite a quick thing, isn't it? Um, it can change very suddenly. I think it, it, we would like to see Havenberg back back in the Netherlands squad because he was in that and was turning into a player that could even be a starter for the Netherlands. That they they have this player next to Frankie De Jong um, that can really build this midfield because I've had some good other midfield options come through, but I feel like Hamburg, if he plays his best, sees potential that he he is that starting player in the, in the midfield. So I think him being back in the Netherlands squad, uh, he's had, a, oh goodness, at, at least t- sort of 20 starts. And that's that's a, a figure plucked out of thin air. But I'm thinking that he gets sort of half, half of the games um, in, in all competitions. If Liverpool go on to play 50, maybe even 60 games a season, then... He will be needed and you, you'll yeah. want to have a, a good half of those and getting on off the bench as much as he can. He said that at Bayern Munich, he wants to go somewhere. He'll play 100% of the time. Wow. I don't think he's going to do that at Liverpool. And that's yeah. also then concerning me a little bit 
that this move could go quite similar. But maybe Klopp's had that way with him and said what his plan is for him, that he'll get the games. That Liverpool need lots of very good players to compete. Um, that's what's going on in my head. That's the, those are the encouraging words because, yeah, what he wouldn't want to do is throw his career, let's say, um, off the rails a little bit because where would you go from Liverpool? Where do you go next after that? Um, when you have this high bar and high potential and these expectations of you, um, back at Ajax would be a setback and he could have done that before. He wouldn't want to go back on his word, if you like. But I'm optimistic because of the quality he has, that he just needs the opportunity. Brilliant. And this is great to hear him, fingers crossed. And funnily enough, literally, just as we're speaking, Michael, Liverpool have just tweeted there at quarter to 10 on a Friday night and have confirmed the signing of the said player. So Ryan Gavenberg is a red. So that is confirmed. So timing's everything, as they say in this game. Mm-hmm. And from the, the Dutch perspective, th- this may be sort of a, a crude and not true, but I'm seeing a few tweets uh, around this. It'd be good to, to get your take on this as an expert. There's a lot of suggestions that he'll benefit from being a Dutch left side. Well, what I mean by that suggestion that Van Dijk, Gravenberg and Gakpo have a natural sort of mm. coalition being Dutch and have played for you know the Dutch on that left-hand side. Is that too simplistic, that too crude, or do you think it will benefit him in any way? Uh, no, not at all. I think I think you're absolutely right. It will. And um, I mean, players from experience, uh, I interviewed the three Dutch players at Brighton recently, and they do actually say that the camaraderie, that, that chat they can have between themselves, they, they really like it and they think that it's helped. And it's not like the exact reason why they signed. It wasn't the first draw of it all, but it, it will help the mm. players settle in. And those two players being involved in the Dutch national team, of course, they want to see their new teammate get involved in that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be hugely beneficial and, and could, could really help him. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And the final question is a bit out of left field, this, but it is a. When we were getting you on, I had quite a few of our normal Discord listeners and subscribers saying, ask him about this, ask him about this type of thing. So, I do want to ask you about this player because. I'm sure you've seen that Bakayoko, the PSV winger, that literally it looked like at one stage he was going to go to to Brentford, which was pretty much supposed to be quite a coup for them. But it's been a player that Liverpool have naturally been linked with. And I'm sure you've seen the news as well, Michael, about Mo Salah and future and everything like that. People suggesting he could be a potential longer-term replacement, say in a year or so. I mean, everyone's asking me to ask you about this. Bakayoko, is this player a real talent that you could see ending up in the Premier League at a top club like ourselves? Oh, that's a good question. I saw the links to Burnley and Brentford for Bakayoko. Yeah. Please don't do it. Please don't go there. And (laughs) that's just out of respect to him because he he was not really starting every game for PS3 last season. But just towards the end of the campaign, he, he, he began to show he was a great a talent that, that maybe we hadn't kept our eye on quite enough, maybe because he wasn't Dutch, yeah. he's Belgian, and that could be why. And now he's starting games this season. He looks quite the player, doesn't he? I think people have seen him play from the right wing on his left foot. Uh, excellent quality. That consistency is going to be important for him, and he needs to show that at PSV. And the player himself seems to want to stay. I mean, talk, I'm, I'm refreshing um, social media going and just checking. He's still a PSV player because <laughs> Hervin Lozano, <laughs> Lozano was rumoured to be going to PSV. And, and I don't think they would do that unless a player was moving on. Um, 
PSV seems to be accruing quite a good squad this season, so I could be wrong in that, but he would be in that replacement for Bakayoko, suggesting he was leaving. I do really like him. He needs to have... This is this is the thing. This is where Havenberg was a year ago. A player wow. that, if he had been, if he stayed, that he would have gone on to be this incredible player because we know what it's like with development in the league. We know yeah. where players go. We've seen this actually so many times with the players. Bakayoko's in that category now, and we haven't quite expected that. But if he has that brilliant year, he goes on to be looked at by Liverpool rather than Brentford for me. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, fingers crossed that there is a lot of excitement around this. And then the other question, the final question I want to ask you again, that our, our subscribers have been pestering me around getting that information. Obviously, there's a lot of links to players in the Dutch league. And naturally, there's always that taking the next step, isn't they going to the, the Premier League, Serie, wherever it may be. Who for you in the Eredivisie at the moment is the next one, shall we say? Who should we be keeping our eyes peeled to say, this kid is the next one off the rank, going to the top, the real one to watch, as it were? Wow, I just trumpet one player now, don't I? <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that is really, really tricky. Because if you look at PSV, yes, there's Bakayoko. Uh, there are a couple of players. I mean, Noah Long is a nice one as well. He could have a really good season with Pierce, even though he's a bit older. Um, oh, Ajax don't really have that player at the moment where I think, yes, it will be them in a year's time or two years' time. Yeah. But they've got some young players that are just not the same as they, they, as they have been. Um, and then you go to Feyenoord's and you're looking at their... They've got a strong defence. They've got uh, Lutschauer Trauder there, who could have gone to Germany this summer, but he's staying. Yeah. I like him as a defender, but again, he's in that 23-24 kind of category, and that still means he can go on and have a great career at a team like Liverpool. But um, yeah, I think I, I, like, I like him a lot. Then in... Oh, yeah, you really are testing me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll give you one, because it's a bit of a curveball one. I think people recognise the name. Um, people might remember Mark Van Bommel. He has a son yeah. now called Ruben van Bommel and he's a left winger wow. for Arsenal Altmar. Uh, he's gone from the Dutch second tier, uh, MVV Maastricht, and he's got a transfer to RZ. And it, he's 18. He could go on to be a starting player for them this season. He's got obviously got a lot of learning to do, playing in the Eredivisie rather than the Dutch second tier. But he he's one where everyone thought, oh, he, he could absolutely do it. And not just because of his name. I think the name helps a little bit getting a bit of media attention. Um, mm. But he has the potential. And I, I think he he will be someone that goes for a bit of money from RZ in the next two, three years, maybe. Wow. So, well, some father and some pedigree at the same time <laughs> as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed. And literally, uh, honestly, as we're, as we're even speaking, I'm getting pestered here for questions. So I'll promise I'll make this the final one. Very much that in the future, we, we know Van Dyke's age and we've been linked, especially in Liverpool have been, well, the fan base, put it that way, has been very keen to recruit a left-sided centre-back or a left-sided defender. One of the names I've been asked to sort of ask you about and see profile, how good he is, and you'll probably know him better than me. I won't pretend I've ever seen him. Is it David Hanko, the Feyenoord defender, yeah. if I pronounce that right? How good, I've been asked quite a few people are asking me to ask you about that. How good is he? Could he make that step up to us or the Premier League, do you think? By the way, can I just come back on my work? You started describing that defender then, and I thought, oh, that must that sounds like the Ajax player you're going to mention. And that, that meant that there is actually an Ajax talent coming through, and that completely slipped my mind when you asked me on the spot about talents coming through. Yeah. But I will just touch, touch upon him first, if I may. Um, Gerald yeah. Harto, 
is a 17-year-old left-sided centre-back, can play left-back as well. Now, he looks like he's in for a really good season. In pre-season, he was probably the best player that Ajax had. And he's wow. 17. But that says a lot okay. about how terrible Ajax have been. Um, but Harte does look the real deal. Um, but Hansker, yeah. I'm I never quite sure how to pronounce his name, but I do go with Hansker because that's what the Dutch commentators say. Um, but they do sometimes pronounce names a bit weirdly to what they should be. But I think it's right. Um, they're, they're, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, a bit of a late bloomer. He came to the area of his um, and people thought that might have been his ceiling, but actually, no. I mean, we've seen Senesi go on to Bournemouth, um, and I actually think that Senesi could do a bit better than a mid-table Premier League club. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway, Hanko. So he's he's, he's at that mould of that left-sided centre-back, uh, has played left-back, um, and shown he's, he's quite good going forward as well. Yeah, really composed, good on the ball, physical, which is a big tick if you're going to go anywhere near the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's the best defender in the Eredivisie now. Um, wow. Him and Nier Trowder, them two together are, are that. And um, I, got, I can't help at the minute but appear on someone's podcast and not praise the Eredivisie. It's uh, now a sixth best league in Europe. It's overtaken Portugal. The end of the season, I would not be surprised at all if it overtakes France in the coefficient yeah. ranking. It becomes the fifth best league in Europe. If you're taking the best defender out of a fifth best league in Europe, then you know you've got a really good defender. And that feels like it now with with Hansko that he's staying with final because of the law of the league's getting stronger, the Champions yeah. League. But I, I think that shows that at the end of the season he could go on and yeah make a transfer. I, I'd love it to see in the Premier League. I think he's he's well suited to it. Brilliant, good stuff. And there will be a good number of our listeners who are very happy that I've asked you and managed to grill you on those topics. So I know they're a bit off the cuff, but it is much appreciated. So, yeah, do have to say, Michael, thanks for giving up your time late on a Friday night transfer deadline day to talk. Ryan Gravenberch, all things Dutch. It is much appreciated, sir. You're welcome. And a quick shout out. We do Dutch football in the English language, football at Anya. Um, we've got a website. We do the OWZ, Dutch national team. Um, we're big on Twitter. Got a YouTube channel as well. Yeah, come check us out. Absolutely. And I'll I'll back that up and I'm also a follower. So if you're on Twitter, guys, Eredivisie Mike, definitely worth checking, seeing loads of reports and information there. And ladies and gents, on transfer deadline day, as Ryan Gravenberch has announced, that was a media matter special for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.